0: The ones that we're seeing are where these 18650 batteries, they're catching on fire through the process of thermal runaway, and it causes the entire vaping device just to explode. And that's where the two gentlemen that have have died from vaping is where 18650 batteries were being used as well.
1: From the Carlson Law Firm, welcome to season one of The Verdict. A podcast about the laws and processes that shape the real courtroom outcomes of personal injury cases. I'm your host, Keisha Conway.
0: My name is Steve Dummett. I'm an attorney with the Carlson Law Firm, and I'm located at our Southwest Military Drive location in South San Antonio.
1: Steve Dummett is a partner here at the Carlson Law Firm. He's also one of a handful of attorneys in the country representing victims of vape pen explosions.
0: I got contacted about four years ago from somebody that suffered some pretty severe and horrific burn injuries to his leg. And at that time, there weren't really any lawsuits in the United States. This was in early 2016. In fact, I think I was one of the first 10 or so.
1: He means one of the first 10 or so attorneys to bring a lawsuit against a vaping company. He notes that there is a growing concern with the safety of vape pens and the batteries used to power them, particularly among young people.
0: We have seen an explosion in use, particularly among teenagers, all across the United States over the last several years. In fact, we're finally seeing the FDA or the Federal Drug Administration starting to crack down because they've noticed just in the last year a 50% increase in teenage use of e-cigarettes and vaping and a lot of that is driven by the increasing popularity but also the taste we're seeing that these vaping devices they use a particular type of product called a juice for instance that has flavoring and a lot of these flavors are marketed somewhat towards children
1: a simple search on Amazon pulls up many of these flavors for at minimum $15 You have your run-of-the-mill fruit flavors, but then you have flavors like root beer and caramel. Other flavors include Lemonhead, like the candy, and Applejacks, like the cereal.
0: Now they're saying that it's not marketed towards children, but the reality is it it probably is, especially with these products. And that's something that the the FDA, they're strongly considering is banning all flavored juices. And they're also looking at even banning menthol, the the menthol flavor in, in cigarettes themselves. But what we're saying is, Due to the increase of usage, there's also been an increase of addicted teenagers, but also of injuries across the United States where people are are vaping and they become seriously injured oftentimes uh, through an explosion and they, they become burned and even several people have passed away.
1: While these devices are often marketed as safer alternatives to traditional cigarettes, they in fact carry their own sets of risks. One major risk, aside from the obvious differences, is that traditional cigarettes carry warning labels. Vaping devices, on the other hand, don't.
0: More often than not, it's actually the lithium batteries that are inside of these devices. A lot of these devices require an 18650 battery. Now, the 18650 that name it's for the means the size of the battery, like a double A battery or a triple A battery. An eighteen six fifty, it's larger than a double A battery. And a lot of times these batteries after being used they get hotter and hotter. And then, because the lithium inside of the battery, it starts to change, the chemical composition starts to change once it gets hotter. Then it loses its elements and becomes even hotter, and eventually you see an explosion.
1: This is a process called thermal runaway.
0: So, kind of like a situation where you got a snowball going down the mountain, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, you can't stop it. That's kind of what's happening with some of these batteries, with these lithium ion 18650 batteries they get so hot to the point where they eventually explode. And that explosion can cause serious injuries. And even inside of the batteries, the, the lithium, that's an acid, it burns the skin. So we're seeing burns uh, not only from the fire, but also from the acid. And the two, there's been two people that have actually died from these explosions, and that's primarily been from head trauma or neck trauma. Once the batteries explode, the devices will also shatter and lodge shrapnel into the, the these victims' uh, heads and, and necks.
1: Are these devices exploding while they're in use or just while they're in someone's pocket?
0: Sh- sure. It, a little bit of everything. So sometimes these devices catch fire while they're just being charged. and You can plug them into the wall and... They'll just catch fire, so houses are burning down. In fact, my, one of my dad's coworkers up in Seattle, he was renting a house. That house burned down several years ago. Now, the injuries we're seeing is because the devices are being while they're being used, um, instantly just catch fire, and that's when people get injured. But also, people when they're just holding the batteries, whether it's in their hand, in their pockets, in their backpack, for instance, these batteries they'll just kind of self combust and explode but particularly in somebody's pockets and a lot of times the in the lawsuits the defense attorneys when they defend the, those types of pocket explosion cases they try to blame it on the fact that there may have been change or keys something else that, of that's metallic in their pocket uh, and they're trying to they try to argue that the metal connects both ends of the battery which quote completes the circuit which causes a the explosion but the reality is that's just not the truth a lot of times these batteries they're they're just exploding from for whatever reason just because of the the volatile nature of these of the lithium that's inside of these batteries
1: do you have any idea what makes lithium so volatile
0: um I, i'm i'm not a scientist i'm not an expert i've hired experts i've you know read many of their opinions It's just the the chemical nature of the lithium. Now, the good news is about lithium is it can be recharged. Um, And we're using them every day. Your Dell laptop has lithium batteries. All of our cell phones has lithium batteries. Um, These Tesla cars, all these hybrid cars, these these electric cars, they use lithium. Um, Now, we heard several, about a year or so ago, the Samsung the Galaxy 7, the Note 7, they were exploding. Well, that was because of the lithium batteries. So and if, if the lithium is not contained properly, if the batteries don't have the proper protection circuits, then they end up kind of being like little mini sticks of dynamite. These things can be extremely dangerous.
1: What are some of the reasons that your clients' vape pens have exploded?
0: You, it's tough to really look at a vape pen... And diagnose a the reason why there was an explosion. Many times, people will use the same vaping device and never have a problem. They can have they using the same battery, the same device, and, the, it, and smoking it for the same amount of time and never have an issue. But one day, when they're using it, all of a sudden you see an explosion. So, I've had clients where they have used the batteries. For several weeks on end, without any issue, then all of a sudden the next morning, boom! Get that it explodes. Nothing was unique or different about that particular day when that explosion. I've had other clients where it's just the first, second, or, or third time that they had the the battery explode that they while they were using it, or that it was only charged once or twice before they exploded in their pocket. So there, there's really no way just to look at it and, and say, oh, it's because. Of a particular, you know, temperature outside, or you were doing something, you know, unique or or special. It, it, these things, it just happens, and that's really because these batteries, when they're originally designed, and and really when I say these batteries, these 18650 batteries, and the three main manufacturers are LG, Sony, Panasonic. Tesla uses these Panasonic 18650s in their vehicles, for instance. But these batteries, they really weren't originally manufactured to be used in vaping devices. They're, they're used in power tools, laptops, the, the, the vehicles. But when the batteries are used without the, proto- the proper protection circuits, at any given time, they, they could explode. And you can have the, some very extremely dangerous uh, conditions.
1: Can you talk a little bit more about regulations around these devices and their batteries?
0: Sure. So pretty much the whole vaping industry is not very well regulated at all. The FDA is starting to poke and prod, particularly with the increase of teenage um, vaping usage over the last year or so. But these batteries, they're not regulated. The mods or the vaping devices, they're not regulated. It's just kind of the Wild West right now. Eventually things will get regulated. But what we see is before the regulation comes in, you get people, get injured, things aren't working properly. Now we're going to have potentially all these teenagers addicted. Um, And a lot of times it's too little, too late. But these batteries, they're coming over from Korea and from China. And when you purchase things overseas, sometimes – those products might not be exactly what you think they are you got a lot of ripoffs you got something called uh, they called re wraps where they get these batteries of a different manufacturer or whatever and they just they put the plastic basically this wrap and, and I'm and we're looking at one of these batteries right now the wrap it has a very specific color to it so for instance the LG 18650 3,000, it's like a maroon, brownish color. Now, that plastic wrap, those are that's very easily transferred onto another battery. That might not even be an LG battery, for instance. So a lot of times, there's no way for these consumers to even know that what these batteries really are inside, who manufactures them, are they defective or not. And that's because the way the manufacturing processes are overseas, there is – no quality control and when they're brought over they're imported over to the united states there's no regulatory body for instance that's that's inspecting these products so you just kind of have to cross your fingers uh, to hope that everything's going to work properly
1: okay so these are american companies purchasing these batteries for their products
0: here sometimes So, what we're seeing is these these local vape shops, which are springing up all across the United States, sometimes they're buying the mods, the vaping devices, the batteries, directly from the manufacturer overseas. Sometimes they're buying them from local Chinese websites, kind of like an Alibaba, for instance. Um Or even on Amazon. They're buying these products though and they're having them shipped directly to the store. Other times they're using local wholesalers that are in the United States and those wholesalers, they are getting the product directly from the manufacturer. So it's just a little bit of both. I've been in lawsuits where the vape shops, where they buy the products directly from the manufacturer or at least they think they're buying them directly from the manufacturer and it turns out they probably really weren't. Um, But... It's in a foreign language, and it's overseas, and it's in China, so you think you're getting it from the real deal, and, again, you're you're probably not. And that's all part of this unregulated wild, wild west that we're in right now with with this vaping and e-cigarette phenomenon.
1: When you file a lawsuit, who are you suing?
0: We have to sue everybody. Okay. We have to sue the vape shop. We have to sue the manufacturer of the batteries. We have to sue the manufacturer of the mod. We have to sue... The company or the persons that sold those batteries, the company and the person that sold the mod. Um, sometimes you have to sue the wholesaler that brought those products in from overseas. And sometimes you, you, we just have to use the shotgun approach because you never really know. And at some point, you must always do an inspection on all the products involved on the batteries and on the mods to figure out who's the actual manufacturer. You can do an inspection on these batteries and the whole time you're thinking it's an LG battery, for instance, because of the, the color of the wrap on the outside, that, that brown maroon, and it can end up being a, a, a ripoff um, battery from China. And there's just things that you, you just don't know. So you really have to just sue everybody conduct discovery which is what us lawyers do in order to figure out who designed what, who manufactured what, and and how did these products get sold to consumers and to our clients here in the U S
1: what type of stories do your clients have about their experiences with vape pens?
0: Sure. So I've had clients where the battery exploded in their pocket when they weren't using it, when they had no chains, they had no keys and it just happens spontaneously. I've had clients where the batteries and the vaping device, you can kind of charge both at the same time, where they exploded while they were being charged, and the clients sustained injuries to their hand or other body parts while they're trying to put, that, put out the fire. And I've had clients who receive serious injuries while they're actually vaping, and the vaping device and battery. Basically, blew up in their face, and some have received burns to their face and knocked out their teeth. Sometimes, just got their teeth knocked out. Um, We're kind of seeing a little bit of everything right now.
1: What are the injuries that you're seeing, and what kind of treatment does it involve?
0: Well, they almost always immediately go to the hospital, and so at the hospital, they're going to get if it's a burn case, they're going to get the the wound care, and it depends on how bad the burns are. So. If the burns are really bad and it happened in Central or South Texas, more often than not, they're being brought to the military hospital here in San Antonio, the San Antonio um, Military Medical Center, SAMSI, they used to be called BAMSI, Brook Army Medical Center. They have one of the best burn treatment units in the United States. So that's the good news. If it happens in Texas, you happen in the right place. And those folks that are being treated, they have to have their dead skin basically brushed away and go through all sorts of horrific treatment because of the serious nature of the burns. But within other people, they just go to the hospital, they can get some treatment, some type of you know liquid bandage uh, being placed over their burns and then they're discharged. And other of my clients that are experienced serious dental injuries, explosions, burns to their mouth, They have to be treated by an oral and maxillofacial surgeon, either at the hospital or as a follow-up. And obviously, also have to go to a dentist as well. And sometimes they just need implants. Sometimes they need some tooth removed. Um, It just kind of depends on the the situation.
1: The injuries that you described earlier, there's some some pretty severe injuries. How do these types of injuries affect a client's life?
0: Sure. So if it's a situation where they got their leg burned because because the battery's in their pocket, there's been situations where the client can't walk. The client can't stand on their feet for a long period of time. There's been situations where their genitalia was damaged, and clearly that would have a major effect. But it could just be something as simple as you get your teeth knocked out and you become insecure and you don't want to smile. You don't want to go outside. You don't want to go meet people. For fear that if you smile, you might look like, well, you would look like somebody that just looked different. Um, and so, it, this is a situation where not only for impairment, you, you make a claim for impairment and disfigurement, kind of the burns and the inability to, to stand and to do what we call activities of daily living, but also the, the emotional damage that's involved. In a case like this, where just the pain, the suffering that these victims that they experience.
1: So when you bring a lawsuit against all of these different companies, what are you suing them for? What is the basis of your lawsuit?
0: So the basis of the personal injury lawsuits is negligence. Mm-hmm. And we're almost always plead product liability where... It's a product that was unsuitable for use or consumption by the plaintiff or my client. Um, there's also in Texas we can also plead a breach of warranties, and it's kind of along the same lines. Is just that the product was warranted when sold to be of good use and fit for consumption, or, fit, or basically that the product was going to work as it was intended to and the way it was sold. So clearly none of these products are being sold to blow up in our clients' mouths or pockets, and that's a claim that the plaintiffs can always make is just, at the end of the day, negligence.
1: Are there any warnings on these, either on vaping devices or on the batteries themselves?
0: Right now, the answer is, pretty much none which is sad so i have documents where attorneys for lg have asked amazon to stop selling lg 18650 batteries online to consumers amazon's asking questions why you know why should they stop selling the product so on and so forth and amazon's still selling them and at the same time we're not seeing lg or Sony or anybody else sending out any type of letters or warnings to consumers to tell them that these batteries are not to be used for vaping. So actually, Amazon just recently sent out warnings on behalf of Sony to to warn consumers to not use the 18650 batteries for vaping. But we also saw Amazon pull the hoverboards off of their website – that were being sold to consumers, and those consumers they were sustaining serious injuries, a lot of head injuries from falling off the hoverboards, but also they're catching on fire, burning down houses as well. But for whatever reason, in general, these these vaping stores, they don't give out warnings. The vaping devices, the mods, the vaping pens, they don't have any warnings other than that nicotine's addictive. And these battery manufacturers, they're not putting warnings directly on their batteries either to warn consumers that these batteries should not be used for vaping.
1: Additionally, one of the many dangers that consumers face when they purchase an 18650 battery for their vape pen is getting a battery clone or a fake battery. According to Steve, 18650 batteries come wrapped in sleeves, and any knockoff battery can be wrapped and stamped with a trusted brand like Sony, Panasonic, or LG and be sold online.
0: So the reason why it's so important to hire a competent attorney in this field is that you need to do an inspection to figure out if these batteries really are from the manufacturer that you believe they were from. Even if the bat- if the batteries came in a box that said Sony, Panasonic, LG, it might not necessarily be from that manufacturer. It might be what we call a clone. And what – What's happening is these there's com- people and companies in China and other parts of Asia where they'll take a different battery from a different company and they'll rewrap them. We'll, they'll put on a, a different wrap to make it look like it's an LG battery. And those are called clones, where the, the battery's been rewrapped and you think you're you're using a Sony battery, but it's not. It's actually a different battery some cheap Chinese knockoff. That's, that's not going to work. And sometimes those batteries are okay. Sometimes they don't blow up. I'm sure thousands and thousands of those batteries have been brought over to the United States over the last couple of years, and nobody got injured and, and all is well. But sometimes these batteries, they're not what they say they are, and they're these clones. And unfortunately, the consumer doesn't know that until they get
1: injured. Could a company possibly make an argument that they didn't know that the battery was a clone? And is that a good
0: defense for them? Sure, yeah. A Babe shops can always make that, that argument and say, we didn't know. We just bought this from such and such company overseas. And the way the law is in Texas, the product liability law says, you know, who cares? Not, it's not the plaintiff's problem. It's your problem. Because by selling products through your store, you are warranting that your product is – not to use too many legal terms, but basically it's, it's a good product, it's a proper product, and it's not going to cause any harm or, or damage. Um, likewise, if the vape shop says, well, I got it from a wholesale company in Austin or in Los Angeles, then we can sue them as well for bringing in bad batteries – But the issue is if those batteries came directly from China, if for whatever reason the plaintiff purchased those batteries online through some website in China and they were somehow doing their own import, it's going to be very difficult to recover anything from a company in China.
1: What are some of the defenses that these companies use?
0: Sure. So a lot of times they're saying that it's the plaintiff's fault that he or she was not using the devices correctly, was not vaping properly, that the battery they were using was not intended for vaping. Um, in the case where the batteries are in the plaintiff's pockets, or they craft a the defense that it's your fault because you had change or keys in your pocket and you should know better than to have other metallic objects with a battery in your pocket because it might close the circuit. Or when you have it touching the top and the bottom of the battery, it could cause an explosion. Um, they there's all sorts of of defenses that they use, but those are the main ones.
1: So is that a warning that they're putting on products? No. Okay, so then how, like, how does that equal a defense?
0: Because that's just what, they, they can say anything they want. So, again, oftentimes these cases end up being settled, but they can also say, get the plaintiff to admit that they have heard of problems. They have heard of people having batteries explode in their pants pocket. If the plaintiff admits that, he or she knew that that was a danger and they did it anyways, well, then that's called contributory negligence, meaning the plaintiff uh, could also share in the their own negligence. It's kind of their own fault that they that they knew and they did it anyways. So kind of like, hey, you know that if you get drunk and you start driving the car, you're probably going to hurt yourself and other people. So again, that that's how they angle it the other angle that they usually take is hey it's not ours this isn't ours we don't allow our products to be sold in this way our products are only used for cars our only our products are only used for laptop batteries and power tools and 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 other devices and electronic uses but often more often than not that's just not the case the
1: 18650 batteries you can just buy them outright and then put them inside of whatever.
0: Yes, you can go to a vape shop up the road. Right around my office, there's probably 10 or 12 vape shops. You can buy them online. You can buy them right now on Amazon. Even though Amazon's been asked by LG to take them down, even though Amazon sends out warnings on behalf of Sony that these batteries should not be used for vaping, they're still there. Um, very easy to buy these batteries and anybody can buy them. You don't have to be over the age of 21 or over the age of 18. Amazon doesn't ask you how old you are. If you walk into a vape shop, highly doubt they're going to ask you how old you are to buy that battery. Cause anybody can buy a battery. You can just go to any store and go buy a triple a battery. They don't ask you questions.
1: How many of these cases are there both in Texas and across this, the United States? <laughs>
0: So that the irony about the amount of lawsuits there are is the, from the plaintiff's perspective, you don't really know, but those that do know are the actual defendants. Sony, LG, Panasonic, they know how many times they've been sued because they use the same law firms all across the United States. They know how many active cases there are, and they tend to, to defend each of these cases the same. But... No matter how many cases there are, at this point, there have been no warnings sent out to educate the general public and these consumers to not use these batteries on vaping devices.
1: That said, what should a person do um, after they've been injured by an e-cigarette or vape pen explosion?
0: Sure. Step one, go get medical treatment. So go take care of yourself first. Step two, keep all of the evidence. If you throw away something that's burnt or your clothes caught on fire and you just throw them away or the battery or the mod, you're not gonna have a case. So do every single thing you can to secure all the evidence. Go back through, figure out if you can keep if you can find any receipts where you purchase these products at, online or in a store. If you purchase them with a debit or credit card, go through your, through those accounts and try to find the purchase so you can figure out the date. But the last thing you should do is get rid of the evidence. Otherwise, your testimony that it was a Sony battery that you purchased online without any evidence that it was purchased, they're just going to say it was something else. Even if you have the, the receipt from Amazon showing you purchased that battery on Amazon – sony's going to say look how do we know it was ours how do we know it wasn't an lg how do we know it wasn't something else just because you bought a battery several months ago or two years ago doesn't mean that was actually our battery in that in that mod or the vaping device at the time so you just and we've seen this time and time again the evidence gets thrown away or even the ems or the firemen that that come they just throw it away and there goes your case
1: So in addition to not throwing things away, I repeat, do not throw things away, is there anything else that a person should not do?
0: Don't conduct your own investigation. Don't try to do it yourself. With this specific type of case, it's just best to hire an attorney that's done these cases before, that has the knowledge. This isn't something that anybody can do. It's not like a rear-end car wreck. right? Anybody can do those cases. Those aren't hard. But in this type of case, unless you know who the players are and the steps that they're going to take to defend the case, things could really go wrong really fast and and hurt the case for the plaintiff or the client.
1: With that in mind, why should a person consider filing a lawsuit against an an e-cigarette or vape pen company?
0: Well, they should if they were injured. And there's no other way to verify who the manufacturers are of the various devices and the batteries without filing a lawsuit. you have to conduct discovery. You have to do a proper inspection. You have to know if there's any wholesalers or or middlemen involved, who the manufacturers are, who the vaping, who the vape shops are, where do they get those products from? Um, Otherwise they're, they're not going to give you that if you just call them up or send them a letter and ask for it. They're not going to do that unless they're compelled to do so under the, the laws of the courts.
1: In many of these cases, there are non-disclosure agreements, which makes it difficult to talk about um, the good that product liabilities attorneys do. Why do businesses want these clauses in these settlements?
0: Well, not just in the settlements, but also during the course of litigation, a lot of the documents will be produced subject to a confidentiality agreement. And the idea is they just don't want this out there. And I get why in a settlement, it makes sense. You don't want everybody knowing that you're willing to pay for a personal injury claim because in um, in the minds of the public, it's, oh, you paid, therefore you're guilty. And sometimes... People will pay money just to make the case go away, even if they feel like they had nothing to do with it. But it, it's just it's common business, and that's part of a settlement, is if they're willing to, to pay money to these victims before going to trial, the victims also cannot discuss the settlement. What I was discussing earlier in the course of litigation is a lot of these documents, though they are important, and they would be, very valuable in other cases across the United States, and it would be very valuable for the public to know how these products were manufactured and the processes used, and who the companies are that are bringing them uh, these batteries, for instance, over to to the United States. But again, the the courts are are enforcing these confidentiality clauses, and the and these uh, confidentiality discovery agreements and it's just the way it is unfortunately. And again, all the more reason to have an attorney that has done these before. Otherwise you can't just search online and get these documents. It has to be a situation where because you've done these cases before, excuse me, because these attorneys have done these cases before, they already know what documents should be produced. They already know what documents to expect and what they need to seek out and the and which documents are going to be damaging for the defense and very valuable for the plaintiff's case.
1: The FDA currently offers a place for victims of vape pen explosions to report incidents and injuries. You can find the link in the show notes. Visit us at CarlsonAttorneys.com, where we offer valuable resources on vape pen explosions. We'd also love for you to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe and recommend us to your friends. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by searching The Carlson Law Firm. As always, if you're in need of a personal injury attorney, give us a call at 1-800-359-5690. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We care and we can help.